gentlemen, this is William Del Pilar, your conservative Latino and fantasy sports pioneer. First of all, I'm alone tonight. There is no big girthy John, but I am going to be joined by the big girthy Filipino, Dennis Velasco. We are doing an all basketball show tonight, people. We're going to talk about the, the, the second round of the playoffs. We're going to talk about the upcoming or rather series that are currently playing in the third round, the Heat versus the Celtics, the Warriors versus the Mavericks. And we're going to get final comments from Big Dennis on winning time. As the last time we spoke on this, the final episode had yet to air. Dennis, welcome, but let me give you your proper intro. I love doing this. One, you've earned it. Two, people need to know who you are. And three, you are good at what you do. Dennis Velasco is the EIC of Nerd Fantasy Sports. He's contributed fantasy basketball content to Sports Illustrated and The Score and regular NBA content to Yahoo, Slam, SB Nation's Nets Daily, ESPN's Old True Hoop Network, and many other hoop destinations on the internet. He's the founder of Hardwood and Hollywood, which was a Fox Sports partner and he's currently a complex BuzzFeed publishing partner, but he also has his own website. And Dennis, tell us what that website is. It is called DV Hoops. I have yet to update it because I got a lot of life stuff happening, but things will be getting on that website. So that is dvhoops.com, people. That's right. Dennis, thank you for coming on. I know you're accustomed to being with Big John, but Big John is out. He's got some who knows what the hell that man's got to do but he's busy <laughs> hey that's fine because now we can talk trash about him there you know, nah. i don't know he's kind of big <laughs> so let's get right into it i call this segment what happened what happened to the bucks i mean that was kind of easy you know it's no chris middleton you know chris middleton you know was a major factor in the championship season last year and you don't have his outside shooting you don't have his motor. You don't have his defense. You don't have, you know, the offense paying attention, the defense rather paying attention to him. So, you know, it, it just wasn't the same. And the fact that the, you know, Bucks actually took it to game seven, you know, it's a testament to just the team concept that they have and uh, coach Mike Budenholzer. You know, it makes me feel good in my question last week to you about Chris Middleton and how they could, if they could win without him, and it turns out they couldn't. Well, you've kind of answered the question. My next question, though, is what do the Bucks have to fix, or should they remain with the status quo? Based on what you said, I'm thinking they probably just need some quality depth and to make sure Middleton stays healthy. Well, I mean, the, the key thing for a lot of teams, that actually for every team, number one is always health. So the Bucks don't really need to do anything. They just need to stay healthy. Um, but, you know, it's sports. When does that ever happen? You know, we've seen lots of injuries, especially in basketball, to key players and you just have to get lucky. You know, honestly, sometimes it's about just being lucky. I've always said that about the NFL and, and I believe that is in all sports, even one-on-one, -on -one, MMA and boxing as well. It's attrition, boxing or MMA, who can be the healthiest, meaning they're not injured or hurt going into those later rounds. And right. football and or baseball and basketball and hockey are in their own world. Wouldn't you say? Because of the simple fact they play what, 140, 150 games a year? I mean, I mean, think about that, people, the, the, the intensity of how in shape these athletes have to be. What do you think? No, I mean, it's, it's true, it's, especially for a grunt like baseball. You know, you can say, yeah, you know, they don't really always you know, have uh, action in whatever they're doing. Like, let's say, 
you're a right fielder, you know, and you're just facing a team of righties. You might not play that, you know, might not, you know, be in action that much, but, you know, it's still a grind. You know, you still have to travel. You, know, you still have practices. You still have a family to, to think about. You know, it, it's it, it's rough. You know, it's just not about the physical, but it's also about the mental health, if you ask me. I know. And then when you when you talk, when you throw on top of that groomy girls, they have busy lives, my friend. Oh, yeah. Busy yeah. Lives. OK, <laughs> what happened to the Phoenix Suns? And did Chris Paul look old or what? Ah, man, I don't know what happened. The only way that I can explain it, and it's, you know, obviously being really stupid, it's the Kardashian curse. Devin Booker is with, uh, hey, which one? Kendall Jenner? So, you know, it's like, cursed! No, but honestly, what happened was the, the Mavs just played better. You know, the, the Suns just got outplayed, and I gotta give it up. I was surprised. I didn't think the Mavs would win, and I didn't think Luka Doncic was going to do as well as he did. I mean, he scored more points than Devin Booker, had more assists than Chris Paul, more rebounds than DeAndre Aiden, more steals than Michael Bridges, who was second in Defensive Player of the Year votes. So Luka Doncic just went on another level. And, you know, you just got to give it up. Um, Did Chris Paul look old? Chris Paul is old, but, you know, he keeps his body, you know, in shape throughout the whole year. You know, he's a vegan and everything like that. Dennis. I think we can come back and play another productive season. But, yeah, first two games looked great. Last five, he did not look good. Is he getting old? Uh, I mean, it's hard, you know, to say no. Yeah. Dennis, do you think yeah, you watch basketball intently? I left basketball. I came back because of work, and I've started watching it again anew because of you, actually. You kind of make it exciting with, with, with how you talk things up. And, and oh, yeah. That info that I last night I'm watching the Celtics, you know, get trounced into the third quarter. I never have done that. So, so thank you for that. But the reason I bring that up is I, I have not seen this season in depth. Were they monitoring Chris Paul at all, the Suns? And if they weren't this year, is that something going forward they're going to have to do because of his age and the length of the season? Well, there's this term uh, called load management. And basically, it's something that the Spurs have been doing for a while where they'll rest a player on purpose. Uh, the league hates it because, you know, you're resting stars and, you know, you have little kids coming to games to watch these stars play. And then all of a sudden, it's announced, oh, they're not playing. Uh, with Chris Paul, they didn't really do that. I mean, he was like legitimately injured, so he didn't play. But they don't really do load management with Chris Paul, but that might be something to consider for next season. Uh, they've been doing it with LeBron James, you know, for a little bit, uh, even though he averaged a lot of minutes lately, but he's the only player <laughs> on the Lakers, really, because Anthony Davis always hurt. Um, but I think load management is something that Chris Paul and the Suns need to, you know, consider heavily, you know, because like Jimmy Butler, he doesn't really give a damn about the regular season, just can't, cares about the playoffs. They should take that approach to just do enough to get into the playoffs and then, like, just torture competition. <laughs> Easier said than done. But right, right. So possible. it seems to me that you're saying that uh, the Suns shouldn't move on from him. They should just no. watch the, his minutes and uh, hopefully uh, what is arguably their last window of opportunity this upcoming season. You know? Yeah, no, it is. And you have to consider that DeAndre Aiden might be gone now. You know, he's a, a restricted free agent. There's a lot, you know, there's been rumors of, you know, some infighting, especially in that game seven. And the reason why he only played 17 minutes in game seven was because he did something. It was like an internal issue. 
um, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So maybe you do trade Chris Paul, but I mean, it's just a gamble that you're going to take. I mean, you want right, to be as consistent as back. possible. Right, right. So uh, uh, some sad news. May his bet rest in peace. Big John did lose a lot of money to the, in the Suns uh, game, series. You know, I, uh, my final comment on, on this is that uh, as a data guy, and if you don't watch the series, you don't understand intricacies in terms of the league, the players. And this was a classic case of that. You know, I looking at the data, looking at the players, I didn't even think some of these uh, series were going to be contests. And they were not only game seven contests, they were they were tight. Well, they were tight, fun series to watch, not necessarily close games, but they were fun because you didn't expect the blowout. So never yeah. take advice from any of these fantasy geeks who don't actually watch or play the game and let me tell you people most of them are that that's why i used to dominate i watch everything used to anyway philadelphia 76ers uh i, I like to call them the infamous 76ers now that they have Harden and all this drama how far are the 76ers from being a legit contender versus just a playoff team I mean, they have an MVP caliber player, um, Joel Embiid. James Harden, which James Harden are you getting? You know, that's going to be the question, right? Because there, there's this funny stat. The reason why they got rid of Ben Simmons was because he scored zero points, uh, you know, in the fourth quarter last year of the semifinals, right? Game seven. So you, you go fast forward this year. Guess who also did the same exact thing as Ben Simmons? Zero for two in the second half. Zero percent field percentage. James Harden. It's like, what? You're supposed yeah. to be chucking the shots up there. He, I mean, you don't score any points unless you shoot the ball. He wasn't shooting the ball at all. Yeah. So all the grief that they gave Ben Simmons, they got to give it to James Harden. I mean, you know, it, it was crazy that James Harden did not show up. You know, I got to be honest, it, it, everything from what you said, from what I read, it just seems to me like after he got this last contract, he got fat and happy and went from, I do want a championship to, I don't give a rat's ass now. Yeah, I mean, stronger words. And, and he's not alone. There are a lot of players in all sports. Once they get that big contract, they check out. I used to write about that on the NFL side. Watch this guy now that he's got his big contract. His two things are going to happen. He's going to strive for even greater greatness or he's going to plateau. And a lot of them actually plateau. That's why they have the five to six year uh, 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 league uh, uh, lives, uh, yet they have more talent where they could actually uh, do more if they wanted. Okay, speaking of James Harden, you kind of mentioned this terrible postseason uh, quickly. Can he come back from that? And, and I don't care about next year's regular season, but if the season's a grind, as we talked about Chris Paul, it's going to be a grind for Harden. Can he actually make it through a season playing relatively well and take that into the playoffs? Because we haven't seen it in two years now. Right. I was going to say, if you asked me this question like five years ago, I would say, look, James Harden can go like 10 strip clubs, you know, back to back, not sleep for like 48 hours and still show up and score points. But having seen James Harden play the last couple of seasons, he needs to take basketball seriously. I mean, obviously, I'm not James Harden. I have no idea what he does. I don't know him. But it just seems, from the outsider's point of view, he doesn't care about basketball that much. And if he wants to actually win a championship, take it to another level, it looks like to me from the outside that he needs to take basketball a little more seriously and keeping his body in shape. 
Yeah, if he took his basketball game as seriously as he took that beer, he'd be somebody. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. No, he is somebody, but he could be, be somebody. It's just... You know, James Harden is what you call a classic case and how fleeting fame is. A big, huge superstar at one point in his life, now an aging star. In five years, we're not even going to be talking about him. That's just... Well, no, I don't think that's true. He is undoubtedly one of the best offensive players ever. Uh, it doesn't matter. Go in the no, six, I, I, well, I don't. I don't think we're gonna forget James Harden because you know the, the beard. He's iconic, top seventy-five okay, player of all time. Let me ask you this: from the nineteen eighties, what were some of the star players below the the Isaiah Thomas, the Larry Burr, the Magic Johnson tier stars? Uh, that's all I'm saying. I don't I'm know. Reggie Miller. I mean, there, there, there are players there. Reggie no, there Miller, are. There are. Patty I'm Pippen. just saying. But see, Reggie Miller never. Was a James Harden? Reggie Miller got no, less. He was. Are you talking about? He tried to the very end, and what I'm trying to say is his game never diminished outside of the natural tendencies. It seems like uh, Harding's talent is still there at times. You see it, but the will in his heart isn't there. So uh, 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 Reggie Miller was a, a controversial player at times, but but right. that was never a question. Okay, Memphis Grizzlies. Was youth too much for the Grizzlies to overcome this this against uh, Golden State? Yeah, it, it's a classic thing where you know they needed to get their butt kicked in order to do better in the postseason, probably next season at, at some point. You know, you saw it with Michael Jordan against the Detroit Pistons, young Chicago Bulls team, young Michael Jordan gets his butt kicked by by the Detroit Pistons, by the Boston Celtics. But then he learns. I mean, obviously, and Michael Jordan obviously is an extreme example. Um, but yeah, the Grizzlies, great front office, you know, uh, great coach, great players, great cast. You know, you have a healthy John Moran. Who knows what happens? So in essence, maybe some tweaks to the roster. But in essence, it's just experience is needed for that roster. That's that's it. That's Final all. question before you break down the championship series: Is the title for is the title up for grabs at this point? Oh yeah, I, like I called Suns and Bucks in the NBA Finals. They're obviously not there um, at this point. If there was a favorite, I would probably say the Golden State Warriors because they have that. Oh, we just talked about it, experience, you know. Experience. So. You know, they have a good shot. I think they could win. I, I don't think you could obviously sleep on the Miami Heat. Um, I hate the Boston Celtics, so I'll never talk well of them. <laughs> but, I mean, Jason Tatum's a superstar. Uh, I actually love Jason Tatum, uh, but I just hate the Celtics, you know, living in New York City. And, you know, that, that I admit it, though. But is it up for grabs? I think you never know. It's a playoffs, you know? Right, right. As we've seen, it's up for grabs. But I guess as, 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 as following basketball now again, it just seems that Golden State's clutch players, solid coaching, but most importantly, the experience in both winning and losing, to me, makes them the favorite. But that said, we'll talk about it later. The Heat really, really, uh, I don't say got to me as much as I was like, whoa, did not realize they were that good of a uh, 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 of a uh, franchise, not just oh. a good team this year, but a franchise, and we'll talk about that shortly. Okay, let's break down the Heat. Oh, we're gonna talk about it right now. Let's break down the Heat versus the Celtics. 
first of all, as a basketball aficionado, tell us a little bit about the history between the Heat and Pat Riley and Danny Ainge and how that goes back nearly two decades, but still lives on today. Well, I mean, you know, Pat Riley was head coach of the Lakers. Uh, Danny Ainge played for the Boston Celtics, you know, during the 80s. You know, there's that natural, you know, rivalry over there. Um, but then they've proven to both be really great GMs. You know, obviously, I would say Riley's better than Danny Ainge. But for some time, Danny Ainge was, like, considered the best GM in the league, especially uh, when, you know, he traded for uh, Kevin Garnett, uh, teamed him up with Paul Pierce and, and, you know, Ray Allen, and they won the title. Um you know, that, that's really, like, the essence of it. There's, it's not like a Larry Bird versus Dr. J where they actually punched each other. <laughs> you know, it's nothing right, like that. Right, right. Um, but, you know, they keep, I mean, ever since they've gotten Riley, they've been really, really good. That, that's absolutely true. The Heat are making their eighth trip to the Eastern Finals over the past 18 years. That's almost every other year. And the reason I find that fascinating is there are some the Utah Jazz, for example. Mm-hmm. Right? I, I think it was I think it was the Malone and Stockton era the last time they got to the finals. You know, it's yeah. it, it's it's never a given. So to see them get to the Eastern Conference Finals and then go to a couple of championships as a relatively new franchise, 20 some odd years, but that's still relatively new compared to some of the others. That's a, a, impressive. They've been to the finals six times in the past 12 years. Again, every other year. I mean, that, that my friends is dominance, you know, that's what you get from a Latino. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, to be fair, they did have arguably the best player in the league at that time, you know, during those times and LeBron James, you know, then you had Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosch, then all their great, you know, role players, even, you know, the aforementioned Ray Allen was a great role player for them. So, you know, that's why they appeared so much. But even still, it's just, you know, I love Eric Spolster as their coach and uh, Pat Riley as a GM is just like, you know, ridiculous. You know, I agree. But Dennis, let's be fair to the Heat. It, it, it was a travesty in terms of the rule breakage, how Shaq ended up with the Lakers. I mean, I mean, my point being is this has been done in the past and uh, the, the Lakers have done it. The Celtics have done it. Uh, the Knicks have done it. But you still have to go to the championship and win, and and and, and they were able to do that. And for uh, for the record, Boston's had similar success too. The, the past twenty years, seven appearances in the past fifteen years, and no, since two thousand five, no team has been to the East Finals more than the Heat and the Celtics. So if you want to watch a, not only a rivalry, but a great series, I think this is it. Now the Celtics were sub five hundred in January, in January. So. Uh, I mean, the playoffs started what, about a month ago, month and a half ago now. Uh, what caused their turnaround? The culture. You know, Emir Duca, the head coach, great defensive coach. That's what they focused on. You know, they had Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year. Robert Williams, you know, who's altering shots, you know, down low. Al Horford, he does everything. Defense wins games. Defense wins championships. And, you know, for them to get this far, you know, it's surprising that they beat the Bucs, but it's not like they, they destroyed the Bucs. But, you know, they're there for a reason. It's not a fluke. Like, it's not surprising to see the Celtics in the Eastern Conference Finals. And, like, you were talking about teams and how often they've been in the finals and whatnot. Here's a funny stat that I, 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 that I just recently saw. In the Western Conference since 1979, 
every team that represented the Western Conference was in California or Texas. So that's what, that's almost, you know, 25, 25 years, no, what am I talking about? So that's uh, almost 50 years. That's like 45 years or whatever it is, right? Every single team from the Western Conference has been from California and Texas. I think that's crazy. The last well, team that actually, wasn't were the Seattle Supersonics. These guys make so much money they can afford the taxes. But I mean, think about it. Los Angeles, San Francisco area, mm -hmm. or Portland. Yeah, yeah. A, and even Texas is seen as the big state, so there's a lot of yeah. cosmopolitan areas. I don't, uh, uh, Portland, I've heard nothing bad outside the last two years with, with, with the politics of it, but it's just, you know, it's like the Knicks. You know, a, a player would probably rather go play for the Knicks than, than the Bobcats just because of the... That's uh, not, I'm telling you, that's not true. The no, 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 Knicks, no, you don't think the, so because of the no, possibilities? I'll, I'll give you the proof, I'll give you the proof. The New York Knicks have not had a big free agent signing since I don't even know when. LeBron James right, in 2010 right. had the opportunity. Okay, with a Scarlet <laughs> no, no. or the Bobcats. Yeah, all right, there you go, there you go. That, that one's easy. I mean, the Knicks have been perennial losers since when? Since 72, 74, where they won their last oh, championship? Oh, no, no, because they had a good run of the ages with Patrick Ewing with the Bombers yeah, and the they Bandits. they had a good but... run, but it wasn't dominant and it wasn't uh, 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 memorable, you know? Well, it's Michael Jordan messed them up. Michael Jordan That's messed right. up a lot of teams, so. And we would hear that in the series. Remember watching those series? They would, every time the Knicks would lose, they would sit there and say, well, if it wasn't for Michael Jordan, they could be going to the final. Michael no, Jordan, true. Michael Jordan. Yeah, I, I remember Starks. What was Starks' first name? I love Starks, because he John was that, yeah. that. That blue-collar player came out of nowhere to become a superstar in his own right. He was a great player to root for. Not the best guy off the field, I guess, but a, a good player nevertheless. All righty. Is it fair to say that the Celtics and Heat, for people looking to analyze this, they're both great switching defenses. Uh, the Celtics were tops in the regular season and the Heat were in the top five, that they both have two-way big men that can handle the perimeter and they both have stars uh, in Tatum and Butler. On the surface to a layman, they, we would go, well, they're evenly matched, but is that the case this series? Or, or is there any gaps here that one will explo exploit? No, they're, they're pretty e evenly matched. They got the superstar, you know, they got the secondary superstar. And so you have Tatum versus Butler. And then the big men, you know, you mentioned, you know, it's really uh, Al Horford, not so much Robert Williams, but, you know, they can, you know, go on the outside, switch on defense. And, you know, Bam Adebayo is probably, besides Giannis, the best at switch, you know, is the, the best switching big man uh, to take on the guard. Yeah, I think you have a whole bunch of like really good role players. Tyler Harrow, who was sixth man of the year, and uh, Marcus Smart, who was defensive player of the year. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty evenly matched. It's gonna probably come down to who wants to win the most each game. And Jason Tatum and you know Jimmy Butler, both of them have that will. Jimmy Butler's proven it for for a while now. You know, so I mean, brought the Heat to finals in twenty twenty. So, you know, it'll. It, if I could, if you're asking me who to choose, I'm going to say the Heat, but it's going to be close. Okay, so so that said though, why are the experts? So I looked at about three sets of experts, whether it was CBS, NBC, NBA, and, and they put them all in chunks in articles. So one article would have six, seven, eight experts. I could count on one hand out of about twenty experts that pick 
the Heat, it just seems to be evenly matched up as they are. Uh, for the Heat to have taken this, if I remember correctly, didn't the Heat take the series in season? No, that may be another series, forgive me. But my point being is, it was all literally predominantly talking about the Celtics and how they're both strong defensive teams, but that the Heat really struggled to score offensively. What's your well, take to the critics? Well, I think the reason why a lot of people uh, picked the Celtics, and, you know, it's valid, they really came on, you know, uh, towards the end. They were they peaked at the right time. It seemed like they were peaking in the playoffs, especially after sweeping the Brooklyn Nets um, and then beating the defending champions. So I think a lot of critics were probably, like, riding on that momentum. You know what I mean? Um, but with the Miami Heat winning game one, you know, does it mean the Celtics won't win? No, they can still win. But I just think it's going to be closer than everybody probably thinks. I'm actually thinking of game seven, if the Heat can get physical and stay physical with them. Uh, because I think at the end of the day, if the Celtics turn around and win this whole thing, I think we'll look back at them and go with their physicality. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but last week when we talked about the Bucks celtics series, and we're that was one series I go, I can't sit there and say the Bucks are going to win it all. Uh, I've got to see how they survived this a physical series against the Celtics, and they did it. So, so I, I do wonder about the physicality of the Celtics, if that will be a factor, and if they make it a factor. Are they willing to take a few extra fouls to wear down that Heat team? Speaking of Heat, what does Jimmy Butler, who's playing lights out right now, and Tyler Harrow, is that how you say Harrow? A hero. Hero. Tyler Hero need to do. And can Hero break out this series? Because he hasn't really broken out yet. I mean, you know, with offensive players, you never know when they're going to break out. And so he definitely has the opportunity to, um, you know, he, he's been pretty consistent you know, throughout his whole career, but he's actually peaked a little bit more during the playoffs, you know, when he's been in it. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, he got hot at some point uh, during the series. Um, you know, he's, he's got to watch him play and see if he can get open looks. And, you know, I think if he scores – like consecutive buckets, he can heat up really quick. He's kind of like uh, Vinnie Johnston from the Detroit Pistons, the microwave. You know, he gets one bucket, okay. He gets another bucket, it's like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know? It's like Dennis Rodman. Oh, my God, Dennis Rodman scored. Yeah, oh, yeah, right, right. No, it's not that bad, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Tyler Hero. Right, right. No, I mean, Tyler Hero averaged what, almost 20 points a game. I mean, you know, he was sixth man of the year. So yeah, Dennis Rodman was just, we will never see a Dennis Rodman. Well, I don't know. The way politics are going and the LGBTQ, we're gonna, we may see a Dennis Rodman in a wedding dress. Out oh. <laughs> I mean, okay. he definitely has some weirdos in the NBA, so. Does this game come down to who can create the better offensive opportunities since they're both great defenses? It's going to come down to will. Who wants to win more? That's that's literally what's going to come down to because both teams are gritty, both teams are physical. Uh, you know, if you know anything about Jimmy Butler, he's like just persistent and relentless. You know, so I, that's why I I think that he will win, but it'll be game, like it'll go the full seven games. This one will come down to who can bring out the Michael Jordan in them. Yeah, right. Okay. Prediction time. Can the Celtics break their four straight losses in conference finals and win this, 
or will the Heat take them out again? Now, uh, what? who will win it, and in how many games do you think? Uh, the Miami Heat in seven. I think every game wins their – every team wins their home game. Gotcha. All right, all right. Uh, let's move on. The Warriors versus the Mavericks. I'll be honest, I, uh, it was a stunner to me to see the Mavericks win, and all you heard was about one player. You know, uh, uh, I, I just thought the Suns would not roll him, but, uh, you know, control him and take home an easy win and protect their old men and give him some rest time. And none of that happened. That said, why are the Warriors such favorites entering this series by experts? Again, it was similar to the Boston-Miami uh, matchup where 95% of the experts were all Golden State. Now, that said, uh, in the playoffs, both teams have about a 110.5 defensive rating. Their offensive rating is about even, as the Mavericks have a 114.5 rating, 0.2 points better than Golden State. And uh, here we go. And the Mavericks took three or four games against Golden State this season. Now, that said, all the experts... Uh, again, not all, but literally 98% of them. I think I found one expert through three articles that said the Mavericks would take it. Your take. Well, I mean, that's simple. The Warriors, they, they weren't healthy all season. Um, you have Clay Thompson, you know, coming back, you know, from serious injuries, plural. Uh, and I think it was Draymond Green during the regular season uh, when the injuries started happening. They were like the one seed, two seed. He said, we don't care where we are. You know, forget about seeds. We just need to make the playoffs. And that's why, because championship pedigree, uh, they didn't care about the regular season. So, yeah, okay, so they lost three games to the Mavs. No big deal. They had injuries, but everybody's back now during this postseason. So the experience, as we've talked about before, is going to be a, a huge factor. You know, and plus they have home court advantage. So that always helps. You know, I, I think, you know, Luca, amazing player, but I don't see this going past five or six games. It's not going to go to seven games. Right, right. It's it's uh it's it's. I don't know if you remember, but I do remember stating that in round one that the what I saw from Go to State was a team starting to gel and starting to come together, and I think it was that experience. I, I don't know if they were as much a better team than the Grizzlies, as much as that veteranship, that experience, that savviness really pretty much took it to those kids. And uh, that's actually what most of the experts said was experience. And I buy that too. I wouldn't put money against go to state, but I'll say this, if the Mavericks come out with the mentality of what do we have to lose literally and playing like that, I think it becomes a toss up because they still aren't 100%. I mean, they don't have Gary Payton, if I'm correct, right? Well, the Warriors don't have Gary Payton, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's Payton, what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, so, so, yeah. so it's not like the Warriors are 100% facing a surging, confident Mavericks team. And I think people may be underestimating the Mavericks. But I'll be honest, I've been wrong all series, you know, with most of these picks. So it seems to me you're saying that GSW, the Golden State Warriors experience will be too much. Now, on the Mavericks, though, concerning how the experience gives them such a huge factor with the Warriors on the Mavericks side, are they being a little bit overrated considering the Suns team, as good as they are, are driven by two players and one wasn't healthy? What, what I'm saying, are people looking too much into the Mavericks 
uh, beating of the Suns uh, based on the fact that the Suns weren't 100%? Or are they the real deal? And can they pull an upset off? Well, Luka Doncic is the real deal. I think we saw an evolution of him as a player because we all knew he was a great player. I mean, you know, it's ridiculous the numbers that he puts up. But he took it to another level during that series where he showed that he can actually carry the whole team in the playoffs. So I think a lot of people can't discount that. But again, he's only one player. You know, you when if you look at the championship teams, you know, in the recent past, you know, during the 2000s or even the 80s and 90s, you're always going to have like two superstars and role players or one superstar, two stars, whatever, you know, on the Mavs, it's only Luca. you know, Jalen Brunson has come up. Is he a star? No. <laughs> you know what I mean? And then you have, you know, Reggie Bullock and, you know, Spencer Dinwiddie. Are they stars? No. I mean, they're really good role players, but it's not going to be enough to be Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, all future Hall of Famers. Then you have Jordan Poole, who's, you know, placed himself firmly as the third splash brother. And Jonathan Kamigo, who stepped up for, you know, not them not having Gary Payton. With the Dubs, you know, with the Warriors, it's just about culture. It's like next man up. You know, you're expected to win and perform and execute. And, you know, that's why they, they're going to beat the Mavericks. Okay, before we get your predictions, speaking of, uh, of Luca, I mean, he averaged 31 and a half points against Golden State this, this past year. Uh, here's the second part. Don't answer this first, but if he's able to pull this off, or even if he doesn't, uh, based off his notoriety, the news, people discovering who he is, is this a career turning point season for him? Hold off on answering that one, though. Uh, but regarding Luca, you know, the, the Warriors, Payton's out, he's expected out. Porter, Andre, Iguadala is a bit injured still. And that affected the GSW rotation, but they countered and beat the Grizzlies. So, what must they do specifically against the Mavericks to, to uh, to uh, neutralize uh, uh, Luka Doncic. Well, specifically Andrew Wiggins and Draymond Green, since those two will be tasked with slowing them down. What will they have to do that they weren't able to do in the regular season? Well, it's going to do like that whole, you know, Michael Jordan thing. You can't stop him. You can only hope to contain him. That's all they can do against Luka Doncic. You can't, he's going to get his points. But if you can make things harder for him, like maybe make his passing lane a lot smaller, because, you know, he's very good at all these assists and has been written about where he gets the craziest passes off. Uh, and, you know, that's why they score, because he's drawn the defense so much that, you know, a three-point shooter like Reggie Bullock is open almost every single time. Or he can drive to the hoop, and it's like he has the eyes you know, behind his head and pass it off to, like, a Spencer Dinnerity who drives lane, dunks the ball, or whatever. So if you can just limit his teammates from performing – by making it harder for him to find, by making it hard for Luca to find them, they'll be fine. Will Luca score 30, maybe average 35? Yeah, probably. I wouldn't be surprised. But if you limit his assists uh, and limit the chances of his teammates, the Dubs will win. And they're one of the best, you know, at doing that kind of stuff. So I don't think any game will be a blowout, but I think the when the Dubs win, it'll be convincing. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, now to answer the question on Luka Doncic, do you think this is a breakout season for him as a uh, marketable player, kind of finally elevating his game, uh, or sorry, elevating his name to match his game out in the public? Um, in the mainstream, 
Maybe, you know, but, you know, every basketball fan knows who he is. It's amazing, like, what he does. Um, the thing about this season was he's been praised so much the past couple of seasons that he came into this one out of shape. Oh, you know, wow. And it, and it was noticeable. And people were talking about, oh, man, Luca looks a little pudgy. He looks a little fat. He looks a little slower. So when he heard all that stuff, when it was just like too much, he actually got in shape. And that's when his whole season turned around. So, you know, if he can come into the next season just being a pro, I mean, he's, what, 22 years old. Right. If he, comes, if he comes into next season, you know, having been a pro for, you know, a few seasons already, comes back in shape, you know, just kills it from the beginning of the season, like really kill it, he'll be a mainstream star. As of right now, he's not as much of a mainstream star. Like you don't see him in commercials, right? Right. But eventually he'll get there because he's, he's young, number one, good looking guy. He can play, but it's just, you know. Right. And, 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 and show it consistently. Yeah. Yeah. And fair or not, Socially speaking, people tend to gravitate towards their own kind. That's why you see, uh, especially in the military, is a great example. I'm not going to give neighborhoods, but in the military, you all live together, but the blacks will separate, the whites will separate, the Latinos will separate. And truth of the matter is, a white kid in a in the NBA becoming a star, whoo, that's a very high ceiling financially for him. You know, for, again, fair or not, but uh, it's he's the next Larry Bird. Well, exactly. I mean, that, that's just how life works. That's what I try to tell my friends, uh, uh, you know, that 70% of the purchasing power in America is from white America. And they don't like hearing that. And I sat there and said, that's why advertising is one of the few industries. It cha started changing this past year because of political correctness. But it's one of the few industries where you can actually legally uh, uh, break down cultures by demographics. That's why you would see uh, uh, a malt beer and Colt 45 and those things in Marlboro, not Marlboro, but uh, uh, menthols uh, 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 being advertised towards blacks and then the whites would have the Miller Lite and all. It was funny growing up because my dad spoke menthols and it turns out he lived and worked amongst a lot of blacks. Thus, that's how he got hooked that way. So life is very funny when it comes to marketing. And I always tell people there's always tales within the tales and so much to learn. And it's actually, for me, it was fun. Okay, so let's move on to something. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 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 how many games? And obviously, you're going to take Golden State, I would assume. Uh, and how many games? And the final question, can, is there any shot of the Maverick? I know statistically there's a shot. But do you see if if before before picking go to state, is there anything you see in the Mavericks arsenal that could pull off an upset? Yeah, if they can defensive rebound, you know, get all the misses, you know, if if it happens from the Golden State Warriors and they don't turn the ball over, they'll compete and put themselves in a place to win. I, you said rebounding. Were you saying if the Mavericks do better rebounding? Yes, the Mavericks can re defensive rebound and make sure the Golden State Warriors don't get second chances. Uh, the reason I'm a little shocked is that's like their major week. I mean, Lucas, I think their top rebounder, he's what, 6'4 yes. or something like that? You know, it's, oh, he's like 6'8, yeah. But six, that's, why gonna be, that's why it's going to be tough. That's why it's going to be tough for the Mavs to win. Okay, how many games do you think it'll take Golden State to take a bound? Five. Gotcha. 
Five yeah. games. And there you have it, people. Uh, before we go on to winning time, we got a couple of extra minutes. And what did you think of the NFL draft lottery? Oh, the NBA draft lottery? Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Uh, I think I think it's it's gonna be it's gonna be good. You know, I, I think the big the biggest deal was who was gonna go number one, right? Uh, at this point, I think it's gonna be Jabari Smith going number one to the Orlando Magic. But if you look at talent and like someone who could be like an instant superstar, that's gonna be uh, uh, Jordan Ivy, but he's a guard. And the Magic are gonna take another guard three years in a row. You know, they were already taking, huh? Just for the audience, because we didn't yeah. tell them, and I apologize. But the, the Orlando Magic won the number one pick, followed by the Oklahoma City Thunder, the right. Houston Rockets, the Sacramento Kings, and the Detroit Pistons rounding out the top five. I apologize. Go on. Right, right. Uh, yeah, so you know, with the Orlando Magic, you know, they already have Cole Anthony. You know, um, they took him, I think, in the top 15. They drafted Jalen Suggs. They took him in the top 10. They're not going to get a kid like Ivy, you know, who's another guard. Granted, I think he could be better than both of them, but it's just like, you know, you, you need to, like, always depth is good, but, you know, you need to fill your needs. You know, they need a big man. And Jabari Smith is going to be good. Chad Holmgren's another, you know, possibility. Um, you know, it's going to be great for the, uh, you know, OKC Thunder because they just pick whoever's left and they can't go wrong, you know? And, you know, you have Josh Giddy, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, and whoever they pick this year, you know, you have them together for the next five years. They can be really, really good. So, you know, I thought the lottery was good. I feel bad for the Portland Trailblazers who, you know, statistically should have picked fourth, but they fell all the way back to seven and they had a horrible season. Dame Lillard was hurt. I feel bad for Dame Lillard, but, you know, that's how it goes sometimes. You know, David Lillard was there for the draft lottery, too. You know, it's kind of funny because the Pistons picked number five and, and some of the articles and analysts were stating that, that they were the losers in all this. You know, it, it, it's funny how we put in our heads the top tier players. And yeah, I mean, right. Joe Montana, you know, uh, 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 Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, there's various leagues. There's tons of players that you don't even think of their greatness. So, and my point being is you just can never tell, but it's funny how everyone's all in on the can't miss stars. All yeah. right, Big Dennis, winning time. The last time we spoke about winning time, we were still trying to convince Big John what, what, what dramatization actually is in television. <laughs> it's fake. <laughs> right, right, He's right. to defend himself, so I don't care. <laughs> okay, before, uh, before we talk about it, just to let the audience know, you and Big John love the series, but you have not seen the final episode yet. The yeah. final episode has come out. The floor is yours, my friend. Give us your expert analysis before I ask you some questions regarding, regarding the upcoming season two. Sure. Yeah, no, I, I thought the final episode was great. There was definitely a lot more basketball action, which you know I liked, you know, for obvious reasons. Um, you know, I thought they capped it off the, the way it should have been capped off, you know, the, the way it actually happened. Um, you know, it was really, really good. You know, you see, you know, if you're emotionally invested, and honestly, it's hard to be emotionally invested in this show because it's just so crazy. But you know, with um 
Jerry Buss's mom. Oh, spoiler alert. But Jerry Buss's mom, like, passing away and him feeling it and, you know, him basically dedicating a season to her and w- wanting to win for her, you know, it tugged at your heart a little bit. Um, so that was good. You know, overall, I would give it, you know, solid eight out of ten, you know, for the whole season. It's pretty good. It, it, it's a it's a middle-of-the-road hit when you boil down the numbers, but it's getting a lot of a lot of uh, play on social media, on the internet. It's kind of like a, uh, a late night show. Their ratings are abysmal, but they focus, like SNL's ratings have never been, haven't been great for the last 10, 15 years. But what they do very well that keeps them going is they'll have the little clips, the little two minute clips, three minute clips. Yeah. And that's kind of like uh, what Winning Time has, has seen virally happen. People talking about it. You know, uh, uh, you may not see the scene on video because HBO Max is very protective of that, I assume. But I know about a lot of scenes just because of the controversy. So that said, you and I aren't, uh, uh, what was the term you used? Uh, married to, uh, invested in it as much because we're not really Laker fans per se, like, like others. I think we're invested in whatever we grew up with loving or was our favorite team or entertainer. But that said, that was a crazy era you and I grew up in as kids. Uh, I remember, I don't watch basketball, but I would watch the Lakers and, and Celtics when they were playing the regular season, which was not every year. So when it would come on, uh, it was huge rating. So my question to you, uh, having grown up like that too, was were they portrayed unfairly, specifically Jerry West, but what about the others? Your final take on season one. Yeah, Jerry West was totally like shown as being like a hothead and a like a, like a nincompoop. Uh, so that was totally wrong because Jerry West is like one of the savviest GMs ever. You know, he's the logo. Um, yeah, he's the logo. And you know, it was it was that was off kilter a little bit. Jerry Buss being like, you know, a poon hound, you know, from what I've read. Yeah, that was totally true. Um, you know, it, they all it, are. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, you have groupie women all over you. It's, it's, right. it's, 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 I mean, I'm sorry, America. I'm sorry, world. But a young heterosexual male, yes, we think of women as sex literally multiple times every five minutes you know that's how we're wired that's how we pr- we produce you know yeah so, they, and they showed magic that way too for sure oh, yeah um, magic had a re- even when we were kids watching the game magic's reputation as a ladies man was was in the news i mean what i'm trying to say it was pre-internet so that type of stuff is harder to come out but even back then it was out how much right. of a player he was all right a couple of scenarios do you want to see next season a more drunk and crazy Jerry West while he continues to mow the team? Yes or no? Yeah, it was played out, you know, especially when you know it's not true. It's like, yeah, you know, I mean, how much more can you do? So, oh, yeah, there's a crazy guy. Oh, yeah. You know, Hollywood, Hollywood's belief, if it's broke, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Why do you think we have so many bad sequels? Yeah. <laughs> All right. How about more magic versus bird drama? Oh, that's definitely going to be you know, put into it because, you know, during the 80s, it was always like magic versus bird. You know, bird had multiple MVPs, you know, so did magic. Uh, they basically split the 80s as far as championships go, other than, you know, the Pistons and the Sixers and, was it 82 and 89? So, you know, 
it's um, you know so it, it, they point. have to play that bird versus magic up. They right. have to play that up. I, I want to digress just for thirty seconds here. Magic bird. Uh, then Jordan came along. Who's the bitter player that I didn't mention? That that's bitter because he's never or he's rarely mentioned amongst those three. Uh, I don't he's know. A he's a bad boy. Oh, Isaiah Thomas. There you go. Oh yeah. Isaiah. I mean, but it's, it's it's for good reason. You know what I mean? Because as great as he was, and Gussie performance against the Lakers, where he was literally like walking on uh, on crutches. But the reason why we don't talk about him that much is because Michael Jordan made you forget about him. So when Michael, yeah, yeah, that's a fair point. That's a yeah, fair when, point. When Michael Jordan was uh, the first time he's an All Star game, Isaiah Thomas froze him. He did not pass on the ball. So was Isaiah Thomas on the Dream Team? Nope. Why? Because Jordan was like, I don't want Isaiah Thomas on this team. That's a rumor, anyway. So well, for, for, for the people that don't know, Isaiah Thomas was not a beloved basketball player or individual. He was known for a sharp tongue and for being cutthroat at times, which was the exact opposite you would expect after every game. We'd hear about his story, how he grew up, his mom's, you know, all that. Then it turns out, I think Isaiah Thomas's post basketball career as a coach and then GM or executive, or whatever, I kind of think that hurt his, his, his tarnished. His legacy a little bit you know when, when he yeah when he was with the knicks when he was with the toronto yeah. raptors he was a genius gm you know got camby you got damon stoudemire but when he came to the knicks i'll forget about it it was that's it just went downhill from there all righty how about an in-depth character look and storyline showing pat riley's rise to power yeah no i mean that'd be interesting because paul westhead after you know, the championship season, he only coached like a couple of seasons more. Um, and then, you know, they hired Pat Riley. So to see Pat Riley's influence in the second season, it makes sense. Like, you know, seeing him and Westhead fight, you know, probably, um, and, you know, being Hollywood come to blows, probably beat each other up, something stupid uh, <laughs> would probably be shown. I think another key thing to watch out for is Jerry West, you know, um, at the end of the season, you know, in the final show, um, they show like, oh, wait a second, Jerry West, he's going to work for the front office. Oh, cool. Yeah, he eventually becomes a GM, I think, like yep. two, three years later. And he orchestrated, you know, so many great championship teams. He know. orchestrated the ability to bring in, in college, superstars who became phenomenal role players like James Worthy. He was never as good in reality as he was in his mind, but he was a great fit because he was willing to uh, take the backseat, the man and some of those players. How about this storyline? How about we have a storyline every episode for a minute or two of Kurt Rambis trying to find his glasses? <laughs> I think it'd be played out like Jerry West being a crazy old man, man. <laughs> Did that man not have some serious coat glasses on? Uh, no, he did. But if you want to have anything like go through the Hollywood treatment, how about AC Green being a virgin until he actually got married? Now he's That's an NBA right. player. That's right. NBA player. You know, he has the groupies. And he said no to all of them because that wasn't his thing. He wanted to I wait forgot until he about that. Yeah. yeah. So that's yeah. something you play up, especially with all the series the season one had, you know? Him and Kurt Rambis being buddies. 
<laughs> one's so ugly he can't pick up a girl, and the right. other one a virgin. They, he wasn't really that ugly. It's just he had the headband, the glasses, right, you know, the right, scratchy, right. scruffy look on time. Because let's be honest, any professional sports athlete, regardless of what sport, is going to have groupies. Except fantasy and sports industry. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> All right. Or how about we just get a Jeannie Buss and or what about Jeannie Buss and her rise of power? Not only as an executive, but a woman in the mass club. Would somebody like Dennis like to see that? Or is that something that's not needed for this show because it's mostly male-oriented? Um, I mean, they showed her side a lot in you know, season one and like showing her point of view. Um, to see it to continue to, to rise wouldn't be like a surprise to see during the show, but I don't think it would have like an impact because you can't really parody that because it actually happened, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, um, you like exactly. you can't exaggerate it. Like, well, they can parody it. I mean, look at you. Right, they can parody it, but you, <laughs> but, you, but you can't really play that up where it's interesting. So, Dennis, thank you for coming on again. This is a one-on-one -on -one show. Uh, we actually are more efficient without Big John around. Did you notice that? <laughs> <laughs> Any final words or comments for us to be aware of or to look for in the two series, Warriors versus Mavericks first. Any final comments or words or what should we look for? Yeah. To enjoy uh, it more. In the Eastern Conference, you're going to see a beast in Jimmy Butler. Uh, so be prepared for that. And in the West, the Dubs are back, baby. The Dubs are back. <laughs> there you go. And Dennis, we'll have you back on for the championship series and hopefully the actual draft beforehand. You've been listening to Points on the Board without my partner, Big John, but Dennis Velasco has filled in nicely. Don't forget to visit sportsgrumblings.com for articles and more content. And my friends, I am posting a new article up there tonight. Sportsgrumblings.com. And don't forget, Dennis, give us your website. Uh, go to hardwoodhollywood.com. Eventually go to dvhoops.com. DV Hoops, like Delta Victor, correct? DeltaVictorHoops.com, DV.com. Dennis, thank you for coming on. Thank you for, 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 for dealing with me for an hour, and we will see you next time in America and the world. Good night.